Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. It's the 5 o'clock fire. Uh, it is 5 o'clock. Congratulations. Hopefully you're off work. And luckily for you, old Dirty Show and Team Mill have the latest. And the latest is we are live at the American Heart Association's Bear Bryant Awards. And we are lucky to be joined by uh, a man receiving the Heart of Champion Award tonight, uh, Coach Mark D'Antonio. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us, and congratulations uh, tonight. Thank you very much. It's a uh, humbling experience to be down here again and uh, be a part of this, and I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. What, what is that? How does that? Uh, how does it all work out, Coach? When they call you, they just they just let you know that that you're you're getting an award, or, or how did this Heart of a Champion thing come about? Yeah, pretty much. Just uh, you know, asked me if I would be uh, if would accept the award, and uh, I'd been selected. So uh, you know, it was pretty much it. Then they uh, set the timetable. Yeah. Hey, you've been a pretty good old boy for a few years, man. We'll give you the Heart of a Champion Award. You'll yeah. come, yeah. you yeah. come on down to Houston. Endurance Award. <laughs> yeah, man. Endurance forty-one years award. of coaching. Forty-one years ago, so forty-one years of coaching, and you you got out of it as you had it rolling at Michigan State, uh, getting into the playoff. There, we just talked about it off air. Um, you missing it? You you miss you miss. It got to be certain parts of it, right? Yeah, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of factors that go into the decision to retire. But uh, you're going to miss the locker room. I don't care what you do for a living. You got a certain locker room, and you're going to miss that people that you're around, the aspect, the X's and O's, and that type of stuff. But you, I don't. You're not going to miss the 24/7, 365, and there's so many so many things that come along with that. Yeah. So that's the part that you don't miss. So. You know, I did my time. You know, I started thinking about, you know, I was 63. I was, like, doing the math. I was like, that guy comes, you know, I'm going to be 68. You know, when he graduates, I'm like, because the portal really wasn't as big a deal at that point. It was just sort of starting. Mm. I was like, no, nah, I don't think uh, I don't think the world's ready for that. Yeah, you had to get out of that portal. <laughs> Coach, you, you talk about 24-7, 365, and, and you briefly mentioned the portal, man. Um, that There's – these coaches nowadays are having to find time to deal with NIL and deal with that transfer portal at a, at a whole different level. Um, just your thoughts on the transfer portal and NIL from a former coach's perspective that doesn't necessarily have to deal with it day in, day out. Well, I think the people, the powers to be, didn't get out in front of everything, to be mm. honest with you. I mean, they, they needed to get out in front of everything and put caps and parameters in place to allow some transition and some flexibility and some freedoms there that that I think student-athletes were craving, you know, when you listen to them um, from a standpoint of being paid and then also being able to go from here to there. But uh, it makes it difficult because you always have a guy leaving and then guys coming. And as we talked off the air a little bit, there's, you know, when you make those transition issues, transformation, there is a, there is a one-step-back process in terms of learning, a, learning the program and learning the system and operating within that system and there's so much to de- development of players in college football. You know, you get a guy who's 18, yeah. what's he going to be like when he's 20? You don't really know. Yeah, I, the, with the portal, with uh, with that, as uh, as we sit here, talk to uh, Mark Tantonio, former head coach over at Michigan State. For me, it's just so weird with the players, with the portal. I, I love the freedom, more of the freedom. But, man, you have a, you have a kid. There, there's a quarterback. I can't remember his name, but he's on his fourth university. Four years, four different universities. And that, I mean. Uh, He'll have four different jobs, too, <laughs> when he gets out of that. Hey, you know, that's the problem. You know, you, you, you know I, I think the college football always taught you about adversity and how to handle it and how to go through the disciplines of staying and 
you know, those who stay will be champions. I think that's the motto everybody uses a little bit. So, you know, that's a problem with it. But, you know, I'm sure there's a way to work through all those different things. But I don't have the answers to those. Yeah. That, that, that is interesting, Coach. We, we, so often we talk about, well, players should get paid. With all the money that's being made, players should get paid. Coaches can leave. Players should be able to leave. And, and I agree to that uh, uh, personally to a certain degree. And, and But it's become the, the wild, wild west. To your point, though, of, of there are some unbelievably valuable life lessons to be taught and, and learned relative to going somewhere, staying somewhere, committing to it, and, and reaping those benefits, right? Yeah, you know, you know, we had five, five things that we sort of hung our hat on at Michigan State, what we had to do to be successful. And the first one was you had to form relationships with your players that were based on commitment, trust, and communication. You know, that's out the door. Yeah. This, in some regards, yeah. Has, yeah. or at least it's cut in half. So, and it's difficult because you want to be successful, and you know, sometimes you know you got to be able to stay to be successful, and you know, work through the process. And I think now, now when players have an issue or not playing enough or see another open door over here, they they tend to say, "Well, what's behind that door?" It's just human nature that that hey, I want to see what's out there that's best for me. So I, I just think that people could have got out in front of it a little bit more than they did because now. As I said over there on another radio station, you know, when they asked me, the cat's out the bag. Yeah. It's more like a tiger's out the bag. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm curious your thought, because this is a different different thing that you worked out through. This, uh, it sounds like they're going to move to, like, 12-team playoff. Mm-hmm. Your your thoughts on, on that? Now, you're at a power, power five, but now it, it seems to be uh, – it seems to be more teams will have a chance, even before the season starts, to at least have the thought of winning a championship. Yeah, again, you know, just like, uh, you know, society in general, you know, what are they doing that for? Is it for financial means or is it because you're going to give everybody an opportunity? Mm. you got to ask yourself that. Yeah. Because people are going to say, well, we didn't make the playoffs. We didn't have a great year. And then people also have to be able to accept there's a lot of good football teams out there and a 10-3 and Alabama team right now might win the national championship. You know, so you got to be able to accept that, just like in the NFL, you know, that, Best team standing at the end is going to be able to do that. But I do think it's there's positives with it, just like everything else. But, you know, there's there's always sort of a catch-22 with, with change. But uh, I know everybody wants to see it because everybody thinks that the number five team is all, all of a sudden going to catapult to number one. <laughs> and the Cinderella is going to, get, yeah. is going to win. But uh, I think that a lot of it's financial. Yeah, look, that, that's the part that you can be assured of, right, is there's some, yeah. somebody's going to financially gain Oh, if this. they were losing money now, would they do that? No, yeah. they'd shrink that sucker. We'd be talking yeah. back to BCS again, right? <laughs> here's here's the, the, the beautiful thing, though, Coach, for me that I absolutely love about it is when you expand to, to, to 8 or 12, whatever it is they end up doing, um, boy, you, you really get um, – the bigger, faster, stronger teams matched up against the the more you know scheme oriented teams matched up with the you know the group of five team mm-hmm. um, you know that kind of deal. The first which this year there was first year head coaches in there anyway, but the first year head coaches getting in, I, I just I think that dynamic for selfish reasons as a football fan I get to I get to see and watch more meaningful games that that carry different storylines from the no I know for you yeah. as a as a coach it's a little different story but as as a fan man it's it's uh it's fascinating no it's exciting you know even just even just this year you watch you watch what Tulane did mm-hmm. versus T yep. versus USC and then TCU versus Michigan and those were exciting games and you know they they hung on a on a nickel yeah uh, so um those are things that you'll be able to find and, and see and and uh, it'll be exciting there's no question there'll be more 
Um, I'm sure there'll be more media coverage with those things, that that type of thing. So, Coach, appreciate you. Once again, congratulations um, on the award tonight, yep. the Heart of a Champion Award. You'll be uh, you'll be uh, accepting tonight, and uh, appreciate you. Congratulations in your retirement. Well, thanks for having me on the drive. Appreciate Thank you. it. That's uh, yes, oh, he said the drive. We're gonna get go. that cut up oh. right there, baby. I like that. <laughs> the drive is <laughs> now. Hey, I'm not a newbie now. Say <laughs> so you'd have been through this. Huh? Yeah. All right, we appreciate All right, you, coach. Man. Appreciate it, coach. Man. Uh, uh, Mike D'Antonio uh, to join us. We'll be. Uh, it, uh, we gotta cut that up right there. That's in there. I liked it. <laughs> did I do it? What I do? What did you do? I didn't oh, hear. He said, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Coach. God, I did. I, I pulled him right in. I got you coaching the. And then I got him coaching. Got him coaching the Rockets. <laughs> You'll understand, Coach. You, if you're with me, you understand how bad I am with names. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just did it right from, and I didn't do it one time, man. Oh, like that. That's all right. That's, That's all right. All right. Um, no, uh, uh, we'd be uh, looking to speak with Bob Stoops coming up, but I do want to get into the news of the day here uh, here in Houston. Um, the Texans, Clint, they have requested to interview Sean Payton, former head coach in the New Orleans Saints, and they have, uh, they have been granted that uh, request to interview Coach uh, Sean Payton. And I think there's a, it, it, it is really interesting – a guy that I would say is still uh, uh, in his prime. I would say a top five coach in uh, in college in, or in the NFL right now in Sean Payton, the perfect deal of an offensive mind and all of that. But there is real mixed skepticism about bringing him in, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it would get it would it would be caused to having to give up essentially at least a first-round pick. And I feel like that's what's scared a lot of people off. Yeah, look, I mean, so there's several different conversations to have here, right, about Sean Payton being being at least the the Texans requesting to interview Sean Payton. If we just basically talk about the value of interviewing uh, an experienced veteran coach with pelts on the wall that's offensive-minded, that's been great with quarterbacks over the years, that that in itself is valuable for Nick Casario and Cal McNair as they decide which route they want to go for the head coach position. But now let's if, if we carry this thing over into, okay, is there real potential here? I don't think Sean Payton is going to interview with anybody outside of the Cowboys if he's not interested, wholeheartedly interested in getting back into coaching and 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 giving everybody an option or seeing where he is a, a, a best fit, if you will, in coaching. So uh, then you look at the Texans. Okay, the Texans, everybody in America knows that, that you've got a – you, you've got a, a situation here where if you do end up entertaining Sean Payton, you've got to give up draft picks to get him. The Texans know what they're stepping in. And so uh, I, I just I love the fact that the process of this this interview process and this this head coach search appears to be going a whole lot more smooth than the last two years with the Houston Texans where it's 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 been – Nothing short of embarrassing, if I'm being completely honest, yeah, for the last two up. years. It has been. And I'm talking about the process, not even getting yeah. to the, the final result. Yeah, it has been. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Sean Payton requested and request granted by the Texans. But as we are here live at the American Heart Association's Bear Bryant Awards, we are joined here now by Lee Tillman uh, from Marathon Oil presenting this play. And, and Lee, I got to tell you. Uh, listen, I, I know we got a lot to, to get. We got some things to get to. 
you're the cleanest dude in this spot. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, Lee. I don't know where you go. You, I need a card from the tailor. I probably can't afford it, but I'd just at least like to know. that. I mean, that suit is serious, and that gold ring, don't play with him, Lee. You are out here killing them tonight, baby. I love that now. I have a great wife that rides herd on my wardrobe. So. Oh, man. I, I, Courtney, you listening? My man, uh, that is clean. But, no, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, you guys' uh, – uh, uh, involvement here with these awards tonight. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you guys for joining us here live. It really means a lot. It just continues to elevate the awareness of this event, uh, the great mission of the American Heart Association. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm proud to say, our 14th year as the presenting sponsor for the Bear Bryant Awards. So we're extremely proud of that. In fact, we're committed to that role all the way out to 2024, which wow. coincidentally is the centennial anniversary of the American Heart Association. So for almost 100 years now, the Heart Association really has been a driving force for healthier, longer lives. They've been in this battle against heart disease and stroke, uh, and we're just extremely proud to be here supporting them because as great as the coaches are and as great as this event is, the, the legacy of Bear Bryant, the recognition of these outstanding college coaches, we're really here for a purpose, and that purpose is to raise much-needed funds for the mission of the American Heart Association. And, you know, it's interesting. You know, obviously, Bear Bryant lost his life to heart disease yeah. in 1983, 40 years ago now. Wow. But that legacy continues today through the Bear Bryant Awards. Talk to us a little bit about tonight in particular, man. I mean, this is this is a, a, a really cool event that you guys have and, and, and everybody involved has done a, a really good job of of backing and putting together, man. This is this is a special night. Yeah, it is a special night. And and what really makes it special, I mean, moving beyond the fact that why we're here is to, to raise money for a great cause, but it's the coaches that make it special. And I want to give a shout out to them. You know, they're all coming off long seasons. Yeah. They're about to hit the recruiting trail. And they are so generous with their time to come to this event. I think they recognize that this is a a major award. I mean, this is the college football coaching award, I think, of the year. But it's so great, and it's it's the coaches that make the difference. I mean, they're able to interact with the fans. We're able to hear, you know, great stories around their seasons, around their leadership this year. And so I, I could not be more excited. And what a great group of coaches we have here. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it, I, I think the reason people come and, and, and come to this event is how special this event is. I think it, it speaks to that uh, in a major way. Yeah, and it, it's not often that you have partnerships, uh, personal or business, that last for 14 years. But for us, it's the powerful combination of the Bryant family, the Heart Association, and the commitment from the college football coaches that have made this yeah. such an enduring partnership yeah. for our company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was what I was fixing to say was, you know, when you can – the AD at Arkansas when I was there was Frank Broyles, and there's, mm-hmm. an, there's a Broyles Award that goes to the top assistant coach in, in college football every year. And, and just I'm just thinking from, from Marathon Oil's perspective of, man, I, I, can, I can not only tie in with an unbelievable organization that's making a huge difference in our world with, with millions of different people, but also the hottest, the hottest coaches in the, in the game Absolutely. of college football along with um, one of – I don't know, man, a handful of names that, um, you know, that you just are very fortunate to be able to, 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 to 
have y'all's name right next to to Paul Bear Bryant. That's that's pretty cool. No, it's it's absolutely, and it's it's such an extraordinary event. Uh, again, we are for us as a company. Uh, when we look at the American Heart Association, the, the thing that is so appealing to us is one of our core values is is making sure that we promote the health and wellness of our employees, their families, and the communities where we live and work. And we have perfect alignment with the Heart Association on that mission, on that mandate. Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and, man, I'm telling you, you're killing them tonight. <laughs> it, you, I hadn't even caught the shoes yet, Lee. I'm going to do that as soon as you get up here. But we appreciate you. Lee Tillman, uh, Marathon Oil, um, and, and your partnership with this, uh, with this great event is, uh, is, is always, always appreciated. Thank, thank you so thank much. Thank you again for y'all's support as well. Very All much right. appreciated. Thank you so much. All right. Have a, have a, a good night. All right, Clint, uh, as we continue – We'll uh, uh, we'll continue rolling. Bob Stoops, I've seen him walking around here. He should join us. Coming I think he's up. avoiding. Did you piss him off somewhere along the way? I'm about to. Oh, Most likely. I got to talk to him. I I'm just glad to I see. To to I mean, Lee was a great guy. Right I'm glad down. to see him walking away before you before you piss him off. Uh, I, just... I see you, Lee, with them kicks. I tell you, boy, <laughs> Lee's clean as a whistle. All right, more more uh, as we continue from the Bear Bryant Awards coming up here on the drive. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, we are uh, live out here at the uh, American Heart Association's Bear Bryant Awards, the place where uh, this relationship, the three of us, got started. I want them to bring that plate right on over here. Uh, the place where this menage a trois got started. Just the, nope, just the three of us. The, the place where the three of us. <laughs> First met. Oh, uh, right. It's, right. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get you're going into a, a, a space that I, I don't want to go to. I don't want to. Don't let him do it, show. Don't I'm let not going to let him. I'm certainly not going to let him. You have fun if uh, you follow me into those places. I do not. I, I do not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, you're sleeping on your couch. Hard pass. Those places lead to taking Good dumps times. in bars. Passing to, out on crappers. Let's, let's not. Taking dumps in bars and then passing out on them, breaking ribs. When you get a chance to party, party. Spending fifty dollars on McDonald's, DoorDash, and just having it all over myself. Now that I do regret. Mm. That's the only thing he regrets. That's it. By the way, that got you. By the way, listen, me and Tyler, it's well known on this show that we, the two of us, can work up a sweat. Clint, the water fight that Tyler is having today, I've never seen anything like it. Like, I mean, I've I've got one rolling, and I got the navy on, so you can't really see. But I just got a pit. I'm in the pit. He is he is sweated out the state of Massachusetts. It looks like, like Central it, America, kinda. It's run well, to the with, middle of his shirt. With you show, look, you, you're fighting a fight, man. You lost some weight. You, those things are getting better. You actually are doing things uh, on a on a consistent basis to try to better yourself. Tyler is seeing if he can't run himself straight into the ground on a consistent God. basis. So I, I I don't. I mean, no wonder it's getting worse. But I've never seen like uh, some Tyler, almost to my got, belly button now. When when uh, Chris, aka Clay I mean, Thompson, you know that's not normal. Uh, whoever whoever comes, well, whoever it is, somebody's got to somebody's got to take a picture of that. I've had sweat like this under my arms, Clint, since I was like nah, but thirteen you ain't never, years old. You ain't never had no sweat swing like that. It found a trail, and I think it's just like running now, kind of like when you get a crack in your windshield. Like that's what's happening with this left pit. Yeah, man, I, I don't. I think it's something that you need to have looked at. I think it's something you need to work on. I, I, I um, went multiple times as a teenager, man. They told me they could inject stuff into my pits or they could take my sweat glands out, but they'd have to collapse my lungs, and that was did it. Did they talk to you about maybe changing your diet? They said it had nothing to do with my diet. 
Oh, okay. I'm just worried about you, bud. Yeah, man. I, I, I am too. And I, I don't I don't think you've been honest about your diet with him, to be frank with you. I'm t- it, it, I had these meetings with these doctors over ten years ago, you dingoes. We <laughs> <laughs> called us dingoes. All right, as we are live here at American Heart Association's Bear Bryant Awards, we are joined here Peter Pudgy, a former uh, University of Texas football player. You are the survivor story tonight, man. We really appreciate you joining us. Can you just tell us a little bit about your story uh, and, and, and why you're involved tonight? Uh, yeah, so I was practicing in the fall of t- 2019, and uh, I had cardiomyopathy, and I was practicing with two weeks, and then they found out what was going on, and I had to go to the hospital, and then it started from, like, there, so yeah. So t- take us from there to, to today. I mean, what, 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 all, uh, what all went on? Okay, so from there, I was doing, like, doctor checkups, and they would say, like, nothing's going on, nothing's good. And that was, like, frustrating me because I was trying to get back on the field with my sure. teammates. And, like, during that time, I wasn't, like, in the meetings involved or anything. So that took a toll on my mental because, like, I was always involved. And I'm not, like, a guy that likes to be on the outside looking in. And so um, during that time, then it turned into COVID, and so then I was at home. And then, but at home, I was still, like, I was in the, invo- I got back involved in the meetings. And then uh, I remember June 2020, they told me, like, you're going to have to medically retire. And then uh, I, like, that shocked me because I was like, what? And then that didn't, like, really settle in my mind until yeah. a year after because I was like, I still want to play. And uh, I believe in God. So I was like, I'm, I'm not going to let this doctor tell me what, the, like, what is going to happen. So. I still fought for myself, and then um, it got to a point where, like, I was supposed to have a, a medical device. It's called an LVAD inside of me, and then uh, we told the doctors no, and then, like, uh, so the, we, then we, after that, we transferred to a different hospital in Houston, and so then after that, they took care of me, and then uh, recently this summer, after my birthday around there, um, I started having, like, acid reflux issues, and... Um, I also had other issues, and then I had to drive back. And then I remember I did a, a it's called a bi- biopsy. Mm-hmm. No, a right heart cath, that's called right heart cath. And then they're doing it, and then, like, uh, once they went into me, I went unconscious because I had so much fluid in my, my heart. And so then I had to be in the ICU for a week. And they told me right there, like, you can't just keep having this part. You're going to have to have a heart transplant. And so then, like, that hit me a lot. And, like, yeah. um, I, of course, cried because uh, that's my heart and I'm going to lose. So I got to leave the hospital after that for a week. And then after that, um, I went home for a little bit, just stay home and, like, like take it, soak everything up before I go in the hospital for a couple months. And then I went to the hospital, and then it took 36 days to get my heart. And then I got my heart transplant on August 25th. And then since then, I've been recovering and doing well. How you feeling now, man? Uh, and what's... Uh, the uh, the next steps for you with this with this new heart. So I'm been, I've been doing well. The next steps are you, you pretty much get like a checkup. It's called a biopsy every month, and they check whether you're getting rejection. And so far, I have no rejections, and I'm really grateful for that. And uh, I've also been cleared to work out, so that's good for me because like I like working out, and it's like my serotonin. And so I've I've been working out lately, and, and I've been eating right. So yeah. That's a powerful story, man, and I, I know you're not. I know it's not over for you. I mean, you're you're clearly still still telling the story, man. But that's, and I know it's hard for you to see right now. But that's a powerful story, man. Yes, sir. I mean, there's there's not many that have been through that and 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 survived it and and can can tell the story. And especially, how old are you now? I'm 21. Hey, I mean, he's still. I mean, 21 years old, 21, man. man. 
That was a long time ago for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Glenn's old as hell, man. Uh, yeah, man. So um, uh, it, it, it sounds like, to me, you know, ball was something that was really, really important to you. Is there, has there been a, a decision made with that at this point? Uh, there's a possibility, yes, that uh, I could go back. They, they, kept, they kept asking me in the hospital. Like, do you want to go play? Are you going to play again? I'm like, yeah. And then, like, there's some people that I just walk in and be like, man, I hope you get to play again. Like, that would be really cool. So there's a possibility there. But if it doesn't happen, um, I'm fine with it. You know, I got a second chance of life, and uh, that's what I'm grateful for. Yeah, man. That, that's, I mean, it's the, the crazy thing is, man, is that there's a lot out there other than, other than football. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's easy for me to say. I, I mean, I, I played for a while, and, and, uh, but, man, there's a, there's a lot, of, lot of life out there, and the story you can tell can be really powerful, man. Yes, sir. Peter, thank you so much uh, uh, for joining us. And, man, we, we're prayer for you and, and hoping everything continues to, to progress well. Real yes, quick, man, just, just, I mean, being a college football guy and, and, and being in this building tonight, getting, getting, you know, being the survivor and, and, and being around these coaches in this kind of environment. Paul Bear Bryant, obviously his name is on the event. Pretty big deal, huh? Yeah, yes, sir. It's a pretty big deal for me. Um, I, I heard his story, and then that touched me. And I'm glad I can be here representing him and all this. Seeing all the coaches that, you know, two coaches that just played in the playoffs, I think that's pretty cool to see. And, yeah. All right, man. Appreciate you, man. Enjoy, yeah. uh, enjoy the night, man. And yes, uh, and uh, we'll continue to keep you in our prayers, man. Yes, sir. Nice meeting you. All right, there you go. There it's uh, P- Peter Pudgy, former uh, UT player. Uh, the survivor story tonight, an amazing story. Hey, man. Appreciate you. Uh, amazing story there. Uh, good to hear. Things are looking up, man. The acceptance part. Acceptance part. That's uh, and it sounds like he is there. At least uh, if he doesn't play again, you know those are the concerns. But uh, it. it, it it, uh, it looks like he is in good spirits, man, and it's a. That's yeah, a that's. I mean, look at, at a young age, man. He's yeah. he's had to deal with some serious adversity, man. Which which is going to be at some point in his life is going to be uh, unbelievably powerful, man. Not, I mean, you don't know how many people, um, you know, his story can can help and and you know change their their path, man. It's it's crazy, man. Yeah. All right, uh, Clint. Clint, uh, Clint was uh, listening as you all were. If you weren't, you need to go back and listen to it. Uh, as uh, Nick Casario, he spoke. And Clint heard this as he was on with Payne and Pendergast and thought, you know what? I like this from Nick Casario. I like this. This is a Nick Casario I can get behind. We'll let you hear what he had to say coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, as we are live, uh, enjoying ourselves as we uh, as we always do wherever we go. The drive uh, is live. We are at the American Heart Association's Bear Bryant Awards, and uh, we've had a lot of good conversations tonight. I see this on the trailer trailer rule and frame text line. I coached Peter in junior high and high school. Great young man. Great interview, guys. Well, appreciate it, and uh, is is a. A good young man, as Clint said, at a young age, battling through uh, and going through stuff that more people have had to go through probably that have lived double his age. So uh, um, uh, good, good to know him. <laughs> Sounds like he was. Seems like a good guy, a good young man. Uh, and um, uh, hopefully, as we said, he continues to get better. On the uh, text line as well, no, um, I did not piss off Bob Stoops. That's not why he is – 
He has not joined the show. I just got the red carpet. We're wanting to get into a controversy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not, it's, no, it's not on me. Likely story. They just had to, as uh, Tyler 2.0 uh, said, they uh, they had to get him down. Said, oh, damn, him so- down early. I'm telling you, and I had a lot to it, man. I, I, I had a lot. I, I'd be willing to bet you Berman and them boys over there kept him too damn long, man. That's what had happened. Because you want to know about what you want to know about the visor. Well, I'd like to talk to him a little bit brunch. about. I'd like to talk to him a little bit about Stoops, about, about Mar, uh, Mark and and and, uh, and and Mike. Um, you know, I'd, I'd I'd like to know about the visor. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I'd I'd like to know. You know, what do you think about the transfer portal and and, and nil uh, being legal? I guess. Um, you know, I'd like to know. We had, had good things with Bob, and, and he looked like he was fired up too. Like yeah, he was in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, could have had some fun with him. Yeah, Bob Stoops beloved around these parts. I'm sure uh, he heard you yelling and carrying on, and was like, "Ah, oh, boy, I boy, I'll skip that one." That old boy over is a little bit of a loose cannon. I don't know, I hate, but he's right. I got a little loose cannon in me. Um, uh, I really of, imagine because what happened was you get you gave my boy Coach Trailer. I mean, you gave him a little hard time right out of the gate, which he clearly didn't appreciate. And then you, you thought it would be a good idea to double down on the back end of it. Well, guess who he got to talk to? Bob Stoops right there. I'm sure he said, hey, these guys clearly, over here, these is, guys right here, man, don't, clearly don't, don't waste your time. True. That was a great icebreaker with Jeff. That was a great icebreaker with Jeff. He yeah. enjoyed every bit. You thought it was so good you'd circle back. I did, baby. That's it, man. That's he told it. me he'd take care of me. I didn't circle back. He did. He enjoyed it. All right, um, Something you all should circle back to. Payne and Pendergast this morning. You can go to the Odyssey app. They, uh, they had this interview at 730. Go to the Odyssey app and listen to it uh, in full as Nick Casario was with him about 30 minutes. Uh, but he, uh, he clarified his comments on, uh, on the head coaching, if the head coach doesn't want him around. Because he was, he was saying it multiple times Monday in his press conference. You know, if the, if the McNairs. Do, do we the, still have that montage? Do we still have that montage? Yeah, I'm sure Tyler still has it. Oh, you want to hear the, the montage was great. He said it multiple times. Yeah. Here, give me give me a little bit of the montage, Tyler. He, he he'll hunt it down. He'll give me a a thumbs up. Here here's a little bit of the montage. I won't play it all because Tyler did such a great job. But this this is what he kept <laughs> saying Monday repeatedly uh, in his press conference. Can I do a better job? Absolutely. Am I committed to doing a better job? Absolutely. So I'm not going to hold anybody accountable other than myself. So I take as much accountability and responsibility candidly and honestly as we work through this process. And if there's candidates, they feel that, you know, whether or not my position, that, you know, I'm worthwhile to be in my position. If ultimately the best thing for the organization is for me not to be in that position, then, you know, I have to respect that and acknowledge that. And, you know, I'm certainly not above and beyond anything else. Like at some point, if somebody feels that that's not the direction that we need to go, I respect that and acknowledge that. I certainly have plenty of things that I can improve and plenty of things that I can work I on. I it's something. All right, Ty, I can't. The tremble in his voice, that sad music, man, I, I need a shot at this point. Uh, <laughs> straight <laughs> but you, tequila, you get no point. line. Yeah, yeah I, mean, it, I mean, he did chilled? that multiple. Chilled? Uh, no, I want it. If you're worst. shooting it, I, I want it worse. Oh, you want it hard. You want, to hurt hard. you want the, the the under under the shell. Yeah, I mean, listen to that. I mean, that sound that sounds like somebody's gonna go get some Ben and Jerry strawberry, uh, strawberry cheesecake yeah. ice cream and watch yeah. some rom. I mean, he's basically saying if, if 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 whatever coach is hired and they don't they don't feel like they want to work out, then I'll have to understand that and and it'll be be you know something I just got to understand. He's about to go back and watch yeah. Sleepless in Seattle and eat yeah. some some damn ice cream is what Nick sounded like, but. He clarified that today on with Payne and Pendergast. This was him clarifying those comments that he repeatedly made. 
the point I was trying to make is that I'm accountable for the process and I'm going to try to do a better job of setting up and managing that process. So whatever comes along with that. So I think that's the point I was trying to make. I enjoy my job. I love my job. I love being here. We've got a lot of work in front of us. I'm not going to shy away from the work. I've never been afraid to put in the work, but I think the point I was trying to make, and you know, I think I drove Landry crazy, but anyways, the point I was trying to make is just I'm accountable and I understand that I have a lot of responsibility. Quite frankly, I haven't done a good enough job, but we're going to look for ways to improve. We're going to look for ways to move this uh, situation forward, and we're excited about the opportunity in front of us. I'll take responsibility for that. I probably did a poor job of conveying that, but in the end, the decision that we make, that the recommendation that we make, that I make to ownership, is going to be what's best for the Houston Texans, not what's going to be best for Nick Casario. So whatever the end result is as a result, I think we all, I mean, we're all prepared for whatever the result be. I want to be a part of this. I think I can help the organization. I think it can be a resource for whomever the head coach is. So the message, the overarching, overarching theme was just about accountability and trying to express that. And I probably did a poor job, which is why, you know, people kind of looked at me like I had eight heads probably. That's right. Uh, that's uh, Nick Casario. Clint, you like that. You like what you heard from him there. I loved it. Uh, absolutely. Oh, two, like two, two, it. two really good reasons. One. I, I think he, he came across as being very relatable. Um, I, I, thought it, I thought that it was one of those where it's okay to say, hey, man, I, I screwed that up, and, and I'm, I'm going to circle back and do it better this time. Um, and I'm not talking about the hiring head coaches. I'm talking about the, the answers that I gave yesterday. Um, now, he went off into the results of the results kind of kind of BS that, that he's known to do. But I, I just thought that it was a, it was a moment where – for for Nick Casario, I I thought there was a human element there. Uh, uh, it was it was a lot more relatable than his typical responses. Number one, and then number two for me is I, I think this is a great example, a great reason why it's important to um, to come on the Sports Radio six ten radio shows. I, I I just I mean this you went out there, you had a press conference, and uh, there was a couple of things that you weren't you weren't pleased with, with how you answered questions and what you said. Um, and, and you, you go on pain and pender gas this morning, you clear those things up and we move on. Um, it did it, sound much more. He sounded much more comfortable and much more authentic. Yeah. Uh, and, and then he did up there. It did seem like he had practiced talking points yeah. that he kept just pushing out that, that one did. I, 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 I do agree with that. Yeah, man. I, I, I just think there's, there's something to, now, if you want to just come on the air to clear some things up, which, by the way, that is not what they were that that he, that he did or anything else, anybody else did. That was that was a scheduled in, engagement with with Sean and, and Seth. But um, now, if, if you just want to use the media or use the station to come on and explain a couple of things, I think that's bush league. I, I think it's I, I think it's it's something that the fans would would see right through. But when you're constantly on or, or consistently on more than once a month or once every quarter. Um, you know, you got a chance to go back and, and, and clear some things up or reiterate some things, have a little stronger stance on some things. And it's – I don't know. I've just never been a fan show, uh, and we've had a lot of this through the dysfunction over the last couple of years here with yeah. Houston. I've just never been a fan of the stick your head in the sand. Like, and, that, and to me, that's just a perfect example. Like, that, the way he left that, the way he said multiple times that – you know, whoever's hired here, if they don't if they don't want him or don't want to work with him, then it's something he's going to have to accept. It, like as if he would step down or something. That's clearly not what, he's what he was trying to say, right? And and um, 
you know, he, he circled back and cleared it up, and, and now we just keep on keeping on. So, I don't know, man. I, I just think it's, I think it's strong. I think it's, as you said, authentic. I, I think it's, I think it's a, a good, healthy, you know, way to deal with, with the, your fan base and, and the folks that are spending money with your organization. I, I, I greatly appreciate it, no doubt about it. All right, uh, coming up behind us, Clint, uh, when uh, we, get, we get done here, uh, the best of, the best of today with uh, Figgy and T-Mill. Uh, you'll be able to hear Nick Casario's interview, what we just spoke about. You'll be able to hear a couple of our interviews, including one with uh, TCU's uh, head coach, Sonny Dykes. Um, so uh, stay tuned for that as those guys work hard coming up right behind us. Clint, I do want to touch the big story of the day here with the Texans, and we're looking at the Texans search, and we have we have really liked their head coaching Peter! search. That's right, baby. We've liked their head coaching search uh, in terms of the, the – the request they've made today, this was this was uh, this was big time. They have made a request to Sean Payton, and they have uh, they have been that request has been accepted by the Saints. So they uh, they can interview Sean Payton if he agrees with them. And Clint, we have gone past the what it would take. Obviously, understanding draft uh, compensation, it would take that money, whatever. What does before we even get to that? What does it just mean with Sean Payton even the thought that they would request an interview because that's completely different than what they've done the previous two years before we get down to that I think it's a huge deal and a huge sign of positivity with the process you talked about that this is even somebody that they are looking at well I think you made the point it's different right the last two were epic failures and so doing something different is huge here they're clearly doing that um, but but I, I think this this particular request to interview Sean Payton just it screams competence, right? I mean, it, it's I, I, the way that they what we know so far, not what they tell us, not what we expect, but what we know so far about this head coach search and the way that they've handled it. I believe it screams competence. It's the way it's supposed to be handled. It's professional, and it's it, to me it's it's something to be applauded. Um, especially based off of what we've watched the last two years. You're t- they made a decision with Lovey, a quick decision, 1030. What was that Sunday night, 1030 Sunday night? They fire their head coach. By 3 or 4 o'clock the next day, they drop a list of four candidates. Um, they, 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 they add a, a fifth candidate to that within the next couple of hours. You look at that, that candidate list, the one thing that stuck out was there was zero head coach experience, all quality candidates, but zero head coach experience. And then – the next, the next news that we hear is that they're, you know, they've requested an interview for, with Sean Payton, who checks all of the boxes. I just, I just got them in pelts on the wall. Veterans, Super Bowl, great quarter, great with quarterbacks. The number one overall, uh, which you said earlier, the number one overall, in my opinion, head coach candidate uh, on the market this year. Um, it, it's just, it's what you're supposed to do. It's what you, should, as fans, we expect the organization to do. And then now, what they. What, what route they decide to go from here, we'll, we'll see. But we can at, at least – the one thing that I ask from Jump is I want to at least at the end of the day feel like show you and I can have a conversation about what the Texans just did and feel at least good about the process. Yeah, it, that's what I said. The signal, we, we, we got time to talk about what all this means, and I'm sure everybody will talk about it tomorrow. But from the Jump, though, the thought of, hey – this has been when you combine on and off the field the worst organization in the last three years. When you combine on and off the field, and 
the previous two coaching cycles, you haven't interviewed the top candidate. Yeah. Now yeah. you're interviewing the top candidate. You, if you've been the worst coaching, you've been the worst organization in three years. You got to at least request to interview the top candidate. You got to at least do that, and they have done that. So well, that is, you talk about what you can gain from that. It's absolutely huge. Yes. Whether he's your guy or not, or you want to go that route or not, it's 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 absolutely huge. So it is. All right, Clint. Great job today. Seriously, uh, Aaron, we, we miss you a lot. Fantastic setup, fantastic work helping us to grab the coaches and everything. Tyler, great job. I know there's a lot going on back at the station, a lot of moving parts. Uh, as I said, Clint, great job. Uh, and uh, we had a great time. Thanks to all the coaches. You did a great job too, on. show. I know, man. Uh, thanks to all the coaches, everybody that joined the show. Uh, I am Ron, the show Hughley, as always, Houston. We love you, baby. Look, if there's somebody out there listening right now, yeah, don't do that.